hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm, of course, in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, I got, you know, it's a Christmas present. I always got to do something special for you for Christmas. And a Christmas present I know you always enjoy. I got my man in the house with me. I got, of course, Kelvin Fisher, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and, and Fish is a good sport because, you know, he know I'm a Browns guy and, you know, he is Steelers guy. And, you know, they tripped up a little bit last night and we got tripped up a little bit over the weekend. But we friends, so we don't care about that. We just want to give you a good Christmas present. Fish, how you doing, man? You've been on the road, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. Um little downtime for the holidays. Yeah, man, you know, downtime, but at the same time, boy, you've been out there humping it, and I, I'm assuming that you've been out there on the road, and and, and the NFL and, and the fans of the NFL could expect to see, uh, at least in this draft coming up, some real nice prospects out there, some young men out there doing their thing on the football field. Is that correct? Oh, yes, yes. It's, I think it's going to be another good draft. Um, it's going to be some good players out there. So, I mean, Everyone to be able to upgrade their teams, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell you what we what we never do. We always keep things pretty general here whenever Fish comes in. It's not specific to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, but it's a lot of times it's about the, the state of the NFL uh, in particular. And, and Fish, I know in the spring, at least, last time you and I were uh, in the studio and we were having some conversations and we were concerned about the work stoppage. It happened. It was an extended work stoppage. Uh, just in general, as you watch games and, and you evaluate uh, just the season and the excitement and entertainment is being provided by the players. Uh, are, are you happy with uh, the play of the players on the field uh, after the after the lockout? And do you think it affected their performances at all? No, I don't think it uh, affected their performance at all. Um, actually, it was impressive to me. Um, I thought a lot of the guys came back in, in really good shape. Now you know it's a difference. For the younger guys, because you don't you don't have the OTAs or the mini camps, so they don't get opportunity to to run plays and <clears throat> and learn the offense or defense. But for the most part, I, mean, I, I thought everyone came back. They looked good. I mean, I went to several preseason games and guys looked really good. Um, and I think the younger guys are starting to pick it up now. The last I would say six weeks of the season. Uh, you know, they, they're learning the offense, and a lot of young guys are starting to perform really good. Now, I noticed you said the last six weeks of the season, and, and it's interesting because there are some quarterbacks with some players out there. I don't want to go to the T-Bowl thing, but there are guys that are in the league, and, you know, a rookie season is a rookie season. You know, you only have one rookie season. Now, I'm not the type of guy that, you know, a guy gets to start in his third year or in his, uh, you know, his second year, and you want to say this is his, you know, rookie year of performance. no. Because being in the huddle, being in the locker room, getting a chance to get acclimated with the team, you have a complete different comfort zone when you've been on the team for a year as opposed to, you know, being on the team, you know, just as a rookie. But this rookie class coming in, you know, like you said, six weeks, you know, halfway through the season, six months or whatever, uh, are they behind or you think they've, they've caught up? Did you guys, uh, did, they, did you have to accelerate the, the the institution of learning. We're going to accelerate this. Did you put more in than you ever put in before? Or did you bring them along slowly? Uh, or did these guys just grasp it and say, hey, man, we're the same place now where we would have been if there was a, 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 an off season? Well, I don't think none of the rookies is in the same place that they would have been if there was an off season. I just, because I think going to, to uh, camp, you just know more of the system. Um, I think when when they when we got everyone got to camp, I think that you know they pushed the younger guys to learn as fast as they could and as much as they could. 
but it's still, you know, you played and I play. If you don't really understand it, you do, you can't utilize your abilities the way you want to because you're thinking too much. And I think as the season went on, you saw younger guys get better every week because they didn't have to think as much. And, and you know how it is, Ray. When you put a game plan in, the game plan is a lot easier to learn than learning the playbook during training camp. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with that. But I'm going to tell you what's really crazy. Some of these teams, they'll put something in the training camp. You won't hear the play. You know, other than training camp, the next, you know, in the season, they might call that play, man. You better know it, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you're definitely right about that. <laughs> you, you better know it. And uh, But let, let, let's just say a little bit. Let, let's talk a little bit, if you will. We we don't go into specifics last night, but, but I did. I have to say that I, I watched the Steelers, and, you know, except when they play in the Browns, I, I got to admit, you know, I do like Steeler football. You know, there's a tradition there, and, of course, you know, you got Dick LeBeau there, Buckeye, so I got it, you know, I got a rule for him. But, uh, but watching that game last night, I'm, I'm coming from a different perspective. And, and if you can't respond, Fish, I certainly understand it. But, you know, I'm looking at, you know, Big Ben out there last night. I'm just looking at his health and concerned about him. Just from a league perspective, uh, would you say that the league, uh, is the focus just on concussions or is there a concern about players' health in general? Because, you know, depending upon what the injury is, you know, somebody with a bad ankle or a bad foot or a bad knee, you might think about, I don't know if you remember Reggie Williams. Reggie's a different generation of you, but Reggie linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals had multiple operations, had some complications, and he could be facing an amputation. There's sometimes, you know, people are thinking about, whoa, it's getting that bad. So when I look at a player out there like Big Ben struggling like that, I don't know how bad the injury is, but my concern is, uh, is the league taking the steps to, you know, player safety, regardless of what the injury is, not just concussions, but they, they're looking out for players' health, period. I mean, I think the league is looking out for players' uh, health, period. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's up, on the, it's up to the individual to decide if I want to go, if I can go, and if I will go. You and, know. you know, and Fish, I know you, okay? We're we talking about a running back here. You know, it wasn't avoid no contact and things like that. But, you, but, but again, Fish, Big Ben is a tough man. I, I, my personal opinion is I think the medical decisions need to be up to the medical people and not let a ball player. Because, you know, some ball players, Ben don't have to worry about his job. He's got his job. But you can't make, you can't, I don't think you can let a player make a medical decision for himself because he doesn't have his best, he may have the team's best interest, but that ain't necessarily the best interest for for him himself. So I don't think Ben. I think you're gonna have to pull Ben out. You know. Uh, you know. I don't think players should have that right. I think that should be a medical decision. But it, it seems it appears to be that you are checking with players, or I'm not saying you guys, but the league is checking with the player. And I understand different players have different levels of tolerance of pain. So if it's something where they're not, you know, uh, not gonna kill themselves for lack of a better word. The player gets some input as to if he can go or if he cannot go then. I, I mean, mean, across the league, not the Steelers. I mean, just I just across I mean, the league, across the league, I, across the league I, I, I think players, you know, like for example, there's been a lot of foot injuries, mm -hmm. um, and and a lot of players they don't play. I mean, I mean, your wills is your, is your wills. I mean, I mean, and you get, know, as a running back, right? If you, if you got a foot injury, if it ain't right, you can't play. I mean, that's just like I mean, look how many guys 
then I uh, had dislocated fingers and and was out for four weeks. And I mean, you could think of back when you play, a dislocated finger was tape it up and keep it going. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you got guys who torn tendons in their in their fingers and out for the season. You see Tory Holt on TV and his finger, one finger going that way, another right. going. Right. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, it, I think I think the medical staff has um, a set guys for 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 medical reasons. Not just concussions, but I think at the end of the day, if a guy thinks he can perform at a high level, he's going to want to play. Now, if a guy can't perform at a high level, then I think it's in the best interest of that player and the team that he doesn't play because he can get hurt, you know, worse than what it is, you know. Well, let me ask you, when you're out there scouting uh, and you, 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 you got this package of a player that you're looking for, um, and your assessment and your evaluation of a player, is his pain tolerance something that you take into consideration? I mean, I don't know. I don't think anyone could evaluate how much a player can pain he can take because, you know, sometimes you see a hit, you're like, ooh, and it's a hard hit, and that guy jumps up, goes back in the huddle, and he plays, and next thing you know, he's running a 30-yard run, catching a 30-yard pass, or making a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, but you you don't know if he's hurt. You don't know if he took a hard hit. But I mean, you can you can determine if a guy has some toughness. And mm-hmm. I mean, and you you can see that just just from the way they play. You know, it's interesting you say that because I remember when I was in high school. I remember when Ohio State was recruiting me, and they asked me, and I didn't think they would ever ask a question like that. Nobody else ever asked me except Ohio State. And they asked me, you know, throughout the years that I played football, particularly that last senior year, was there any player that I played against that I thought you know, could play ball at Ohio State. And it happened to be that I, I did recommend a guy, uh, and uh, and he went to Ohio State, uh, and he knows the story, too. His name is Doug Downing. He, Doug was a wide receiver uh, at Ohio State and for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, second-round draft pick. But in high school, he was a running back, and he had a dislocated shoulder. Everybody knew it. He had some kind of pin in his arm. He couldn't lift his arm up above his head. I had a dislocated shoulder. I knew how bad my shoulder was, and this was a kid that took hit after hit after hit and just kept coming back and coming back. And like you say, you see toughness a lot of time. Yeah. And and so I recommended him, and and sure enough, he he went in and he played. And and so I I, I know that of course you want a guy, you know, even the, the old basketball thing where I think it was Bill Willis come out the tunnel limping and goes out. Uh, who was it? Kirk Gibson go around the baseball, you know, doing that. So we we looking for guys to tough it up sometimes and the old cliche no pain no gain you know you, you, but but the other thing you can't make the club in the tub so i applaud ben for what he did last night man i i thought it was uh very admirable of him to show his team listen i, I got your back whatever it is i'm gonna go down with the ship but just for players health because you know that's a major concern now, and I'm not just talking about the league in terms of, but there is some liability for the league long term. I don't think they think about that right now. But, you know, players like myself, we're going back, we've been beat up. And so I, so I just think it's something that, you know, the attention and uh, should be paid attention. This guy's hurt. Let's get him out of here. Because I think uh, you guys have, uh, and Ben mentioned it. Ben mentioned it is, uh, where's Big Fella at when, he, when we need him? You know, because right. <laughs> somebody on on the Steelers, you know, who obviously made a hit and uh, against the Browns, and uh, uh, again, Colt McCoy, when he was, his parents were concerned 
about his uh, about his health. Is that unusual for parents at the pro level to to express some concern about their son being on the football field when maybe he shouldn't have been after taking a hit from somebody on the Steelers? I, I mean, if it was my son and I'm watching a game and I see him take that hit, of course I'm gonna call him to find out. Hey, you okay? Because you I mean he was laid out on the field and. I mean, obviously his parents wasn't at the game, but he was laid out on the field, and they, and they made that phone call, and he was like, "Dad, I guess he told his dad he don't remember anything." So at that point, I would be very concerned. Yeah, and you know? and, and 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 that's the one thing about it; uh, it's always different for parents, you know. Right. And and that's where what I when I'm look, looking and listening and watching guys give their opinion about. You know, what's legal and what's not legal and what's being taken away from football. Just your personal, if you can, your personal opinion, if you can. Uh, do you like the fact that the league is at least trying to take the steps to make it a safer football game? Or are you, I'm from the old school. Do you want the old school football back? I mean, I, I, I want players to be safe, but I also want, I want it to be fair for players. Because the fines are coming from defensive, the defensive side of the ball. You don't, I mean, obviously, the offensive players aren't getting fined. But I mean, I think sometimes when a player is coming to make a tackle, it, it, you can't think how to hit the guy, where to hit the guy. You just want to hit the guy and get him down. I don't think guys are hitting players to try to hurt them and give them concussions. I just think guys are playing football. I mean, you know, Ray, how many times you you done put your head into someone's head when you played, or how many times I done got head shots myself? But I mean, it, it's it's just the nature of the game. I don't think guys are coming in intentionally trying to put their head on someone else's head and knock them out and give them concussions. Now you're trying to put the hardest hit on the player that you possibly can because some of that becomes fear factor in the course of a game. And I, I'm going to tell you what, I, I'm going to address that, Fish, but but I, I, I see that we're going to have to take a commercial break here pretty soon. I'm going to address that because, you know, I got a different opinion about that because I, I really do think that players can can help make the game a little bit safer than it is if they would at least make an attempt to hit a person in one spot as a, as opposed to another part of their bodies. But we're going to take this commercial break. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matter. Calvin Fisher, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is with me for my Christmas show. So we'll be right back after this message. flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. That music, so we got that show back. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, I, I tell you what does matter. Before we went to break it, and I was a little hesitant to say it, you know, because um, I obviously respect Fish's opinion, uh, but. I'm gonna say it like this. I, I'm I'm gonna be honest, and and fish is like this, and I, and you're gonna agree with me on this. He gonna come back and he gonna agree with me on this one. I know, because when you go through that hole as a fullback, okay, or, or you go through that hole and you run in the ball one way or another, when you prior to re, to getting the ball and the handoff or the block or going through the block, you know somebody's coming through that hole to feel if you're the fullback, and and based upon how they approach you in that hole you know how you're going to approach your block. And based upon the what, what, what adjustments or steps that he takes, then you alter where you block him at and how you block him, okay? Same thing with the tackle. There's sometimes where, based upon the receiver or the running back, as you approach the tackle, you know when you can take the kill shot and when, and you know when you got to make the tackle. And so based upon if you take the kill shot or you make the tackle, there's a certain technique that you use to make that tackle same thing with blocking you might want to chop a guy one time you know you might want to hit him in the shoulder another time you might just want to take him out another time so all those things in a fraction of a second you making a decision now come on fish this ain't fish the scout this fish the ball player am i right about that i mean i mean you're right but i just i just think sometimes Sometimes you go on up there to anticipate that you want to cut that linebacker that, on, the, right. on, the, on the ISO, but, but then he's in a position where you got to smack him in his mouth and put your head on him. Okay, right. But that's what I'm saying. But you know when you can smack him and put your head on him and when you got to cut him. Correct. And, ba- and based upon that, then you put your body in a position to either cut him, smack him in the face, or maybe just get him on the shoulder, you know, because he ain't quite yet in the hole, squared up in the hole. You just might want to go through him and go to the next level. But all those are decisions that you make in a fraction of a second on the move towards the block, and then you make it happen. And that's the same thing we do as a tackle. So that's why I'm telling you, and I know you, you might not agree with me, but I think... Those decisions are made on the field in a split second of if I'm going to hit a guy in the face or if I'm going to you know, hit him in the waist. I mean, and that's a true statement, but on the flip side of that, 
if you see a quarterback, you ain't hitting him in the waist. You're hitting him in the face because you know you're bigger, stronger than that guy. Yeah, but, but the, see, there goes All another right. one. Here goes another one. Now, Fish, the now, court, y'all implemented the rules a couple years ago about the quarterback where you can't hit him down on the low. knees. And, exactly. They, and they stopped it. And I'm not, you know, this ain't no steel thing. This is the ball player thing here. Now, I'm just saying that the guys can, they're going to have to, they're going to have to stop it. And the and game's going to get safer. But some of them, them kill shots that you dream about that you used to get, that's now a player's unprotected. You can't take that See, anymore. I don't know if the game ever gets safer because, for example, a receiver going across the middle and a safety coming up to hit the receiver. You anticipating as a safety that the this receiver may curl up to take on the, the hit. So say the receiver curls up but ducks his head, and as you're going low to hit him in the legs, he ducks his head and you hit him in his head. And then that guy gets a concussion. But going in, in that split second, you're thinking I'm going to take his legs out and make the tackle. But when he curls up because he's coming at you, he's trying to defend himself, defend his body. When he curls up and ducks his head, Boom. I, and the reason I say that is I'm watching a game, and I want to say it was Oregon and Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the receiver caught the ball in the flats, and the corner was coming to hit him in the legs. The receiver ducks his head, and as the corner's coming to hit him low, the corner hits him in the helmet and knocks the guy out, gives him a concussion. There's a flag on the play. For helmet-to-helmet contact. For helmet-to-helmet contact. But you can see clear as, ta- clear as day. Now, I'm not going to say the referees can see it yeah. because it happened so fast. But when I was watching the tape, you can see the corner was actually trying to get low enough to hit him in his legs and maybe flip him, take him out or whatever. Yeah. And the receiver from Stanford ducked his head. And the receiver from Stanford got knocked out. Is there is there any room for a judgment call? I, I don't I don't think I don't think you'll ever be able to have a judgment call because then you got to do an instant replay. Then you got to slow the game. Well, down. Okay, okay, not judgment, but intent. You, okay, let's say intent. If, if you, as an example, if if the referee is watching this, and by the way, I'm gonna tell you, man, I think the referees are outstanding. Come on, I, Ike is joining us in the studios now. Uh, I think the the referees are outstanding, and as the referees are doing their job. And uh, let's welcome uh, Ike Griffith to the studios with us. Uh, of course, we're here with Kelvin Fisher, scout for the Steelers. And, uh, of course, Ike Griffith is now joining us. But, uh, Fisher, when the referees, they look at these things so intently, and their focus is such that it's, it's beyond any other profession, I think. Because in football, I mean, they, they can see when you touch the white line, they'd be so cl- I mean, they, they're, they're like perfectionists when it comes to this. I think that they can actually make the judgment that, or they can see because they're so well trained that the DB might have been already in his approach to the tackle before the receiver ducked his head, and that's somewhat there was no intent, and in his, in his judgment, he wasn't trying to hit him in the head. So it wasn't, it shouldn't be a penalty at that. And that's what right. I'm agreeing. Right, yes. right. But what I'm there's, saying there's is, such a thing as accidental contact right. to the head somehow, and sometimes. But I'm just saying, as soon as it's head-to-head contact. There's going to be a flag. Yeah, but uh, here's what I, and that's why I'm saying there's a difference in when a person who is in full control of himself and his approach and his technique of making the tackle is to hit somebody in the head. You know, them kill shots. We know those. But I think the referees are so well trained that very few times will they get it wrong where they will say, well, that person 
you know, death. I, I'm, I'm, right. I'm going to bring something up from way back, and, and God bless his soul. But, you know, when Jack Tatum made the hit way back then, I don't think Jack's intention, Jack's intention was always to bring some pain. Right. right. But it was not to, to paralyze Daryl Stingley. And Daryl did duck his head, you know, to a degree. I think something just happened um, uh, with the kid, with the Bears. Uh, yeah, Johnny Knox. Johnny just, you know, I don't think the intent there no, was but the, with the Johnny Knox, and there head, wasn't a penalty on that, was it? It wasn't, but it wasn't a head. Johnny Knox was going to the ground when someone hit him and put it, kind of knocked him back, and that's how he did whatever he did to his vertebrae. But, but they hit him in the head. No, it was it was more in his shoulder, with threw his body back. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. But but again, uh, w- welcome to the show. Okay, Ike, and, and we're, we're talking about just a little bit about. Uh, you know the game. You know we're watching the game. Particularly, we were talking about Big Ben last night, and, and and players being able to make judgments for themselves about their health and their condition. Should the league do it? And then we talked about the intent of one. You know, making a tackle. In particularly, I think that you know guys at the professional level, they know how to make a tackle, and they know how to hit. And there's a difference when you hit and when you tackle. And Fish, as a former running back knows running back and fullback knows that there is an approach to making a block and either I'm going to chop him or my intent is to go through the hole and chop him. But if he's sitting there and I got him, I'm taking him out, you know. And so I think in my mind, I think that players do have control of yourself. And we ain't talking about this. We're talking about football in general and trying to make the game safer and if indeed guys can do that. But let me just move on because this this was a new football season. And going into this football season, the football season has it's – it's a different football game. There's a lot of points that's, putting, that's up on the board. Right? You know and, 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 and your opinion, that's what I want, I want to ask you. Yeah, you, you, you live. You live. Your headphones ain't on. I'll get your headphones on for you. But, but your microphone is live. All right. Now, now what, what, do you, what do you think in terms of this game? A lot of points been on the board. Uh, are you happy with this year's uh, football season? Not exactly. Even though there was a lockout. I don't know if it's happy, but but you can see the game starting to. I, I think I think. Why don't you check this mic over here? You know, because that are we mic. Good? Yeah, we you're go. good there. You're good there. There yeah. we go. Now we talking. Now we <laughs> cooking with grease, baby. Yeah. There you no, go. the the biggest thing right now is is you know you you see the evolution of the game. Okay, and 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 there's a lot of ways to go. But I want to go back to what you guys have been talking about. And, and the biggest thing that I've noticed in the game of football today, um, you talk about being able to hit right, um, causing pain. There, I don't think there's an individual that's a player that's out there trying to do harm to take another man out of his right. career right. to make money. Okay. And, and, and it's a game. You know that. It's still a game. That's how, how you earn your money. I don't think there's a player out there trying to intentionally take another guy out to take his career or that paycheck away. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, on that thought, let's go deep with it now. If I'm in a position, that, like you just said, that I can cut, is that a dirty move? No, no, no. It, we're talking about fundamentals again. Right. Okay? Because... If I'm tough and I'm the man, I'm just going to chin up with you and let's go. Now, if you a better player than me, <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. I think that's an intelligent player anyway. I'm going to do what I got to do anyway. I, I'm going to hurt you when I can hurt you. But I'm going to do what I got to do. I, I don't think that necessarily makes me a, a dirty player. If I, cause fish, I, you know, I'm going to go to the Denver Broncos. I don't know if they still have a reputation, but... And I mean, you maybe you can't talk about, but but Denver has been known to just chop you up, and you you hate it when you played against Denver, 
you know, but... But it was all legal. It was legal with the, yeah, but it, but come on, you, Fish, can you say, can you, can you, I mean, I, I, I mean, players in general, let's just talk about players, players in general, they make their money with their legs, they do not like to be chopped, am I you correct? You know, I mean, I understand what you're saying about the Denver's offensive line back in the day, was a, there was a zone read offense, and they, and they would cut you, and the back would go off, cut back and do all, and that was part of their offense, but going into the game, you knew you had to get your hands down. Yeah. You knew you had to play with, with, with your hands so they couldn't get to your legs. And I think I think it goes back to somewhat what Ike said. If you're better than me, I got to do what I got to do to make that block, to make that catch, to, to beat you on routes. If you're better than me, but if we equal, then I can man up. I got to butt up. I got to chin I gotta up. I got to man up. Let's go. And, but but with, for them, they had, and if you look back back then, they had undersized offensive linemen. You're right. They had the 280-pound they're going against 330 pound guys. Right. So their whole thing was, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep cutting you down, slow your game down because as I'm getting into your legs and cutting you, you're you gonna, you're gonna, different, you're gonna, baby. Exactly. It's a whole different. So thought, I mean, man. I think, I but, think but that when they was took that, but when, but when they, when they took that away in terms of the chop block too, they was, they was chopping back then too. Not right. just, you know, when they took that away, then those guys learned how to play football differently. Well, and they, I, I think that's where I'm going with this whole thing about a different football game evolution. now. Is that the players are gonna have to learn how to play football differently, and that's what I'm talking about, the strike point in making these tackles. I, I just think whenever you tackle someone, it's, it, the angles and everything is so, I mean, if you take the, if you take the wrong angle and you got to make that tackle, it may be a bad tackle, but you got to find a way to get them down. And if, and if sometimes if you, if you hit the proper angle and you hit the guy and you hit him in the head, I mean, I'm not saying that you should run around and try to headshot guys. I'm not saying that. Right. But I'm just saying the game, people are moving. No one's standing still for you to run in and say, okay, he's here, I'm here, I'm going to go low, I'm going to grab his leg and wrap him up. But, but, but let me jump in, Kel, because here's the other thing. No training camp, a lot of things. You know, Kelvin knows it's all about getting in football shape, too. So if I'm in football shape, I mean, I saw Troy Palomato put a hit last night that the guy on the street, he's not getting up. Oh, you understand that? Right. He's not going right. to go to the side. Oh, he's going to the sideline with help. He's not going right. to get up and go back to the huddle. Right. So that lets me know, and, the, and folks watching that, this is a different level. You can take those shots. You can take those hits because the body is prepared. Let's talk about that. I'm glad you say the body is prepared because one thing about, okay, this, this season – you know, in terms of preparation and those getting those getting prepared, I think we might skip this break if that if that's a, that minutes for this break. Uh, there's some teams that started off fast. I mean, some teams that they came lying. out the shot. They, they came right. out okay. They came out. What happened to them, Mike? Reality. It, it set in. <laughs> it set in. Reality set in. Okay, so so the reality is that they weren't that good. Or is the, is the reality what what is the reality of them starting off that fast and then all of a sudden the air is out the balloon? Here's the deal. I know fish gonna jump all over this, but here's the deal. No, as you know, he he's still a scout with a skill. So he ain't gonna give us he gonna give us that. <laughs> he gonna give he us gonna that, that company we line. We can't get man. no dirty no, laundry. We'll get the boy stuff after the show. We can't get no wait, dirty wait, laundry. It's a Christmas show, man. So we'll get our oh, present later. Okay. Hey, listen. Here's what I'm seeing. You know, and I know you got the, the cream of the crop. You got that next level. And then you got the bottom feeders, okay? The Lions have been bottom feeders. You got te- even Denver is going through it. Bottom line is, 
you have to go through those levels early on. You know, like I know, if you had a horrible year early in the year, you better make your season just like San Francisco did. If you have a, a winning year and you're not the Green Bay Packers who can go through and end up at, at, at 15 and 1, 13 and 0, playing that type of football, different level. So now you're starting to see in the early part of the year teams like the Niners, teams like Detroit. But the Niners have sustained it. They've been playing I mean, good all year. The Niners sucked last year. Uh, that's last year. And Detroit the year sucked. Before that, the year De- before that, the year listen, before that. But Detroit sucked last year, but they came out the blocks this year. Like because everybody. they had a horrible schedule and they had teams they could jump so, on. So it's the schedule that you think caught up Once with. again, remember that thing I said, if we can butt up, we're going to butt up. But, but every Chris, let team me say this. Day, I'm going to say this because there's a man over there right now who his job is to to assess NFL talent. And I don't think that there is any horrible teams in the National Football League. I think they play horrible, but I don't think they're horrible in terms of talent. Those people can very easily, and have as many times, they can find themselves on another team and play above what they played on the previous team. Now, Fish, let me ask you. I mean, when you look at a team, there are no real horrible teams in the National Football I mean, it's an assembled body of work that they all play together. I don't think they're horrible teams. I think that sometimes they just don't play well together. I, I, I agree with what Ike just said, and I never thought of it that way, that you have the cream of the crop, you got the middle, and you got the bottom feeder. And, and, and then bottom feeder, you, wanna, you, right. you better knock them and, off. And I think, I think what happens is the bottom feeders become good because they have so many top draft picks. They, I mean, you, you think about well, that's building your team through the draft. Right, you build, no, fish. Like, no, no, hold no. On, just, let, just let me finish. That's not to say that those teams are going to be championship teams. They just be, they just, when you think about San Fran last night, when you watched the game, you kept hearing them say how many first rounders they, that whole first, that whole offensive line of first and second rounders, that tight end's a first rounder, the quarterback's a first rounder, the running back's a first rounder. When you, when you hear teams talk about first rounders, those are good picks. Now eventually, the team is going to become a better team with everything else in place. Now, Denver, Detroit, all those all those teams been getting solid first rounders, but it's just a matter of time. You, if, you then you got to keep them there. Well, okay, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna go back to Ike. Then, okay, explain to me the, the New England Patriots. Okay, okay, they they've got some middle round ball players too. Everybody ain't first round. Tom Brady's the start off with six rounders, six seventh round or whatever. Okay, uh, but but there's exceptions. But Tom, but Tom Brady. Probably was a he, he should have been drafted higher, but the, his performance at the comedy. He, he was in Brady, the system in college that didn't at, necessarily showcase you, his skill set. I, I, I disagree with that. When you look at Tom Brady when he played at Michigan, when you go back, they was bringing in quarterbacks every single yep. year to beat Tom Brady out, and they couldn't beat Tom Brady out. That the the Hanson dude, the, mm-hmm. the the baseball player, football True. player, all world guy. Oh yeah. And there was another quarterback that came in. I can't remember that. But they can never beat him out. And when you go back and you look at when he played, he was a winner. He was a winner. So so was he a, was he a sixth rounder or was he a first rounder? I mean, obviously he was a sixth rounder because he had drafted in the sixth round. But he was a winner and he was a good quarterback. And how many how many have dropped out of the first round because of or got a late draft pick when they should have been up here for the simple fact that the scuttlebutt that got out on them? But I want to go back to the point. Is you you have to even though you get all the first rounders and you're building that team, you still have to knock off 
your let's just say the teams that are in your arena in your wheelhouse no question. No so question. you know detroit's gotta knock off a cleveland okay right. arizona's gotta knock off that cleveland team they're on a winning streak because if you look back to the year that the the cardinals went to the super bowl and go back and track the games this is what i know not what i heard if you check the opposing team mm. You will find that one to two of their primary superstars were out of that game, which gave the Cardinals an edge, and they exploited it because that player or those two players weren't there. Now, are the teams the same? No. So you those teams think, were better. So you don't think there's parity in the NFL? You oh, think there's a they, ton of parity. Okay. There's a ton of parity, but, but it's parity in your group. Well, that's you the, can't. Detroit can't jump up and go di- knock off New England. That's in the division. Okay, so what are we looking for? A division realignment here anytime soon, Fish? I mean, I, I, I haven't heard nothing about that. I mean, because I mean, we, because, because I mean, okay, every year Green Bay gonna make it, right? No, 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 no. See, right I, now, I mean, how many years? Hold on, hold on. Before years before that, who was it? It was Chicago, though. I mean, think about it now. Yeah. Green Bay just got back in the mix, what, a year or two ago? Yeah, but Chicago since 85 ain't really done nothing, really. But, I mean, they just went to the Super Bowl, what, five yeah, years yeah, ago? Exactly, but I right, mean, but they've been going to the playoffs. So, I don't, I think, I think teams, teams who know how to win. There you go. Okay, that's it. Teams, I, you know how, man, teams who know how to win I've been is, waiting going to to make, that. is going to make it happen. That's what I've been waiting on him and to I say. And I just think I think young guys, some young guys, young teams, and that's when you get all these first rounders, I think they don't know how to win yet at this level. You saying the Raiders don't know how to win? It's been a long when's the last time the Raiders have won? It's I don't, been I, don't I mean there's, think, there's some tradition. Think about, think about the Raiders situation. They've been through what? How many at least coaches? four coaches? Yeah. Five coaches in the span of about 10, 12 years? Less than that. Okay. So 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 you can't know how to win because you don't even know who you're really playing for. And and I just think I just think that's one of the key components of the New England Patriots. Now you're bringing up a whole new deal, Fish. Yeah, but we said he told us stability. I told him uh, he said it and I said I was waiting for him I to know. say that teams that know how that's to win. Stability though. Well, that means that means my coach has been around. My quarterback has been in that true. same system. So why are you trying to run Andy Reid out of town then? Well, it, it comes a point where well you got to win is it. it. Yeah, yeah, but what you does gotta win it? Does win it mean a Super Bowl championship? But, but who's trying to throw, who's trying to run him out of town? That's yeah. that's the uh, question. Deshaun Jackson. Okay, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, last week Deshaun was happy, but I believe it's uh, it's fan. But but then again, okay, well, if that's the case, then. Can fan pressure become a reality? And do people upstairs start listening to fans? Because I, that's what I'm saying. I ain't looking at fish. I, I'm talking to you on this one now because I know they don't. The Rooneys don't listen to nothing. Okay, they got this is what this is it. We got this hard line in the road, and this is where we going. And people in Pittsburgh have accepted this a blue collar team. We gonna get our way through, and we gonna make it. But you know, do can fans really make a decision as to who's gonna stay and who's gonna go? Or, you know, coaches really yeah. make these decisions, and the coaches that know how to win are going to be the ones that are going to stay there. But, I, listen, I don't think Andy, I said that, but I really don't think. They're asking for Andy's job, but I don't think Andy's going anywhere. I mean, they right in the hunt right now. They possibly could, you know, they control, they, no, they need some help. But, hey, they might make it happen. I, I look at Andy like the, the congressman who has outlived his term. 
Um, could he go somewhere and rekindle and get the fire going? Uh, yeah. Has the message worn thin? Yeah. Uh, so, but when's the last time Bill won a Bill won a playoff game? Belichick. He ain't won a playoff game in a while either. You know that, right? Well, and then again, you go back to that owner, and and it starts at the top again. Everything started at the top. Fish. Hey, I, I would I, I totally agree with that. But I mean, Ray Belichick was just in the Super Bowl. What? Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah, but, oh, you yeah. got to go. Like, like, yeah, but like they, always, they always, you know, with, with Belichick, you know, they've already crowned him as the genius of, of football, you know. And if, if, if Super Bowl or nothing for him and Tom Brady. That's basically yeah. the standard for them. Yeah. Super Bowl or nothing. And, 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 and right now, in the last four years, I think it's been that. Y'all been back a couple times since they've been there. Correct? Y'all, yeah. They, they went in. No, they wasn't the one in Arizona, and then we went the year after. Right. So... Ah, you know, Steelers. But let 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 me move on, cause we, you know, time is moving. But we, I don't know if we're gonna take a break today, man, cause I got a couple other things I want to ask. You hot today? The ones, the ones that start off fast, and then all of a sudden they lost it. And and the ones that start off was, I think the majority of us would agree, was the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions and the Cardinals. And what? Well, no, I, I'm not gonna say the Cardinals start off hot. Slow. Yeah. They, well, okay. We're talking about who start off out the gate okay. fast. And okay. That was the Lions and the Bills. Oh, and, yeah. And again, they don't know how to win. Okay, now the Cardinals, on the other hand, they've been to a Super Bowl not bad. And I, in my opinion, I don't know if Fish can chime on this, but I think the <laughs> Cardinals is the best, worst team that's out there. With the, you know, because the Philadelphia get, Eagles got all these new components to them. But the Cardinals got some guys that's been on the team for a few years. A couple of guys was at the Super Bowl a couple years ago. But their record does not really indicate to me what the potential is on this team, except they don't have any stability at the quarterback position. I go back and Fish jump in on this, man. I go back to the Super Bowl year. Cardinals do not go to the Super Bowl if nine, ten of the teams they play do not have their superstars hurt. So what there's we the win. What, what we playing horseshoes? There's the win. Like horseshoes. Right I know there. everybody got a matchup. Come up. on, man. Come on. That's so part of the game. It's part. It's, it's part, part of the game. Part of the Steelers. Why they so good? Timing and luck. All I'm saying is, it was good timing and good luck that every week they caught the team with their star out. I will say this. I will say that that's again. You got to make sure that when it's time to play, you show up. We talked about oh. Big Ben and his his his. his tolerance of pain and I'm gonna do what I gotta do. I'm playing. You ain't getting me out this game. So stars gotta play hurt. Sometimes But who was the star back then? For the Cardinals? Yeah. Well Kurt Warner. Stop right there. Who's the star now? Well, I said the quarterback still who's, no so who's the star now Larry Fitzgerald. Somebody pull over, I'm getting off the bus. Cause anytime my team is their identity, and you heard me say this, if your identity is a wide out there's a problem. Well, if your identity is a, I said, who's who? Tell I'll me about this. the Cardinals. I'll, I'll say this you about said Larry Fitzgerald. Say, okay, and I'll say this about this. I, I think there was a time where, when you talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers, not just because Fish is here, but because he's here too. Heinz Ward is one of the first names came up. No. Oh yeah, yeah. No, man. He might be in the top five, but Heinz is not the identity of the Steelers. No, uh, wait, when you when you go back, I'm talking. Well, I ain't talking about name. I'm talking What's the identity of the Steelers? I'm not talking about today. Is it a wide out? No. I'm I'm has the identity ever been a wide out? I don't. I, I don't think the identity ever been a wide out. I think the identity was probably more the defense and Big Ben. I mean, here's what I will tell you I'm this about that. this. Here's what I'll tell you this about this. When you play Pittsburgh Steelers, okay. When Hines was in his prime, there was a couple ways in which he was going to get hurt. And it might be because he's going to hit you, is one. <laughs> and, and it shows because he's going to make some plays. 
You know, and you just look at, and, and they have a chart called production chart. I guarantee you, you look at his production on those charts, and it was at the top of the chart. No, we're not talking Consistently. production. No, no, but that's, wait. Identity. No, it, wait, here's what I'm saying. Name identity identity comes from production. Well, I'm going to name you a winner. I'm going to name you a bad boy a couple years ago again. Jerry Rice. I'm going to name you another bad boy again. Randy Moss. Man, you can't say why receivers... But see, have not but been see, part of identity. Here, we go with the old school. You always got to have your little running game and everything. But I'm gonna tell you what: you can't take nothing from wide receivers. But they I, never I, built I, a team around a wide receiver like they do. If you build your team and you identify the, great, the greatest show on turf, the greatest Marshall Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk. But Kurt Warner's gonna throw the ball and catch it too. But it was the identity. It was those wide receivers, the greatest show on turf. Somebody I'm gonna give it the ball to him. Okay, Fish, come on. I know you want to chime in on this. You know what? I I gotta agree Fish. with Ike on this because I, I believe y'all need, you don't, y'all need it, the back pedal to see, cover them boys. Nah, nah, what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what? And I'm gonna tell you this: it's easy to cover them when you ain't got a quarterback. Now, if you don't have a quarterback, yeah, you yeah. But what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you said the identity of a team. Yes. And and when you when you go across the board. And you look at these teams who's winning right now, and the identity of those teams is defense and quarterback. Even with well, the well, Lions, well, even with the Lions as hot I'm, as they were, here's what I'm trying Calvin to do. Johnson's I'm trying to get identity. away from the thing. We, what we always say is that defense wins ball games. Okay, but the bottom line is some defense scores points, but the reality is you got to put some. Po- you can't win a game zero zero, so somebody got to put some points on the board. I just and, 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 and most of the time, when you look at those teams that's doing their things, they got some wide receivers. You name me some of the baddest teams you play. They got some wide receivers. And I mean, and, and, and I, don't, I don't think I can say that teams don't have wide receivers. I think the point is, is that the wide receiver is not the identity of the team. In well, Arizona, the identity of this team in Arizona it's Larry Fitzgerald. When I asked you, you said Larry Fitzgerald. That's what everybody well, I didn't want to be thing. no homer because the reality of it, if you really want to think about it, you also, the boy got to stay healthy. But when you see Beanie Wells coming downhill, you ain't trying to get in front of him. He's not the identity of the team. Yeah, he, no, he, wait, that's what I'm saying. Wait, he, wait, Beanie, when you, I even go as far as, this, want, just I just go as far as marketing for this team. What? There's only one person's name that they use besides, even the induction ceremony. That's a problem. Yeah, 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 that might be the problem, but at the same time, you can't tell me that's not effective. When you when you game plan, who are you gonna game plan? When you when you gonna do a game plan, Larry the Fitzgerald. defense, the defense. If you are gonna game plan, who we gotta stop on this team? Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. The identity. Okay. Well. Okay. Back so in you, the day, it was we gotta stop Kirk. Okay. If we put. Okay. Now we playing. The Philadelphia Eagles, because the team. Who you gotta What's stop? What's the identity? Who of you have to stop there? Who the, uh, Mike Vick. Well, I don't know, man. I I, I think you you, you know you, you got to stop shady. You better stop shady. Yeah, you don't you stop shady. Stop. But but, but yeah. let me also ask you. But something. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Mike Vick, when he's playing, they're winning. Identity. When Mike Vick's not playing, not Deshaun. I, I, and I'm not saying I, 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 I I'm not give, saying I, I Shady's not that. the identity. I'm just saying Shady is a bigger identity when Mike Vick's playing. And what, I think what, I think Mike Vick is I, I think that it goes back and forth. I think they complement each other. Let's, oh, no let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Try this. Baltimore Ravens. Who you think about? Well, you know, we already had we already had we already had young Ray Lewis, last week. Ed Reed. Okay, let's Terrell go to the Bears. Sucks, let's go to the Bears. Erlacher. Hey, hey, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back I'm gonna go back to the Ravens and you got a Ray Ray on offense too. Okay, I take I, I I will take both of those as an identity. Okay, let's go to to 
Cleveland. Mm. Cleveland don't have, right, well, the big fella. You, okay, they got a running Peyton, back. Yeah, Peyton, Hunt, the big fella. Oh, right. yeah, ain't no doubt about it. Identity. Okay. But every we keep going, and I promise you, you won't go wide out. Because when you do, that team is not feared in the NFL. Promise you. I, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily agree with that. Give me because, one then. Be, because Just give me one Well, listen, other than the Cardinals. Think about it. Just think about it. Do we not have a record number when it comes to offense this year? So all the wide that's one thing to make Tom Brady so good, is he got a plethora of rep- weapons around him. But name me one. No, you don't. The see, that's the thing about it. Here's, here's the thing about it. You don't. It's, it's all of them. That's why it was the greatest show on turf. It was all of them. That's why when Terry Bradshaw did his thing back in the day, how many of them he had? It was who, all of them. But who was the identity back then? All of Brad, them. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh. All who of them. Who was the identity when Bradshaw was oh, throwing so those balls? Because they, they got something called the steel curtain. Is that what you want to say? Steel curtain. I just want to say that if you look at every team, there is no team out there that will identify with the softness of a wideout being the face of the freaking franchise. You may as well put the pom-pom girl up there and like the cowboys and just do the cowgirls. Uh, whatever you want to do. And when the cowboys did their thing, did they have some wide receivers? I think they had a quarterback and a defense. A quarterback. Okay, so if you if the quarterback position is just handing the ball off, right, anybody can do that, right? But a quarterback needs to be able to throw the ball, right? And somebody needs to catch it. There's quite a few guys who can't catch, but we're going to move on from that because you don't want to get a quarter, the wide receivers no love. I see that right now. I, None yet. I think, <laughs> I, think that, I think that's a frustrated wide receiver right there, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move that only because, you know, I want to go on. And I just want to, you know, when the season started off, there obviously were some teams that everybody thought was going to make it to the playoffs. I don't want to talk about who's probably the most disappointing <coughs> team, but are there any teams that we thought that perhaps at the beginning of the season – May have made the playoffs and they might not. They might miss it this year. Right? San Diego, and th- I agree with you. And what is it about San Diego? I've always Norva. So you think Norv has to go? Yeah, it's all about Norv. Uh, and again, identity. Um, you, you take a let's take the Singletary Harbaugh. Who knew what would happen? But just a change in that environment flipped that squad. Now you look at Norv Turner in San Diego. Um, brilliant offensive mind, leader, belief, able to get the guys to rally, ain't the guy. Norv is not the guy. No, sir. So the team doesn't believe in their leadership. Uh, if you're going to follow that man like Bill Walsh, like Chuck Noll, you believe in the man almost Vince Lombardi, Ditka, you believe in the man as well as the system. Because if I don't believe in you being able to lead me, forget being a leader because you got placed in that position <coughs> as Tony Sperano. So what is he what is he what is he lacking in terms of leadership? Is his, is his play calling? Is it his personnel choice of personnel? Uh, what has he done that you think perhaps maybe makes them feel as if this, he's somewhat inadequate to be the leader of this team to take them to the next level? Well, one thing for sure, when you take over that head position, there encompasses a whole lot more. Mm. So you're not exactly defined. Well, so some of the intangibles that perhaps I you think and I it's can a lot see, of the he's, intangibles. He's, he's, he's some of those. Yeah, if, if he's not just, a player's coach. Well, I don't know if it's not a player's coach because if you t- put him back on that offensive side, 
uh, just like Romeo Cornell, who just took over and, and did the thing in Kansas City, the one thing he said was... He won one game. Well, well no, I'm going to use his, his analogy. Okay. He said, listen, as a defensive coordinator, I was able to focus more and have my guys ready on defense. When I assumed more of this, the, the head coach's role, some things I had to... Just, just put the game plan in and let it go. But I'm, in, uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because we got, we got. I'm gonna bring Fish back in now. You got one of the youngest coaches in the NFL stepped into the head coaching position. Has done a tremendous job. Who? Over there in Pittsburgh, Tomlin. You know, and so why is it that somebody like Roman Cremel, you know, who's been around as a, in a, a long time assistant, defensive coordinator, and, and, and Norv, and they get a chance, offensive coordinator, they get a chance to step into that. Leadership I ain't position, you, bro. And it, it, I ain't buying you. That's what why. is it? What is that Mike has that's, that's, that's again so electric about him that he's able to get his players to they play? They buy him, don't they? I, I definitely they buy him. They definitely him. buy into you know what what he wants to do, what he's going to do, and and he is a players' coach. I mean, and I, I just think he does a great job with the guys, young players and the older players. I think he does a great job with them, and I I mean. That's that's why they go out and play for him. And, and don't get it wrong. Now we got Dick LeBeau, and the players love playing for Dick LeBeau. And, but could Dick LeBeau be know, the head coach? Interim maybe, but too much other responsibility right. takes him. I, I mean, away. It, and I, and I agree with Ike on that. Yes, as a head coach, like they say, the best head coach has the best assistants, and I'm I really believe in that because. You have no worries when you're a D coordinator, you're all offensive coordinator, you know they're going to put a great game plan together. They come and meet with you, they give you the game plan, and you don't worry. You don't worry. But when when you don't have those other guys in place, that's where I think teams struggle. And then the head coach, he, he can't take over the offense and the defense. Yeah, know? I think one thing that I, I, I've always <laughs> noticed about coaches, and I've never liked this term, about quarterbacks on the field managing teams because I think that the manager of the team is definitely the head coach. No question. He, he delegates responsibility. No he trusts now, his coordinators. He lets them, but he'll make the final decision. Let me let me say this, though, guys. And, and here's something that you will not hear on any other radio network. I promise you this. Here's what is never talked about. And Fish, get into it because you're combine man, you're player, Ray player. Bottom line is this. How many times is it brought up that that coach makes X amount of million, the team or the, the ownership group also gives him X amount of money to hire a staff? Now, I can break that money down any way I want to. I can either, if they give me, let's say, $10 million or whatever it is, $8 million, $6 million, some of that millions are supposed to go to me hiring my assistants. Am I right or wrong? I would, yeah, I would okay, I'm, so so my point is this. Okay, what's your point? My Come point on. is this. If I want to hire the best, I got to pay the best. If I'm in it to get the money and I want to make the most and be the guy, I'm probably not going to hire the best assistants, which means when that one assistant, that Dick LeBeau or whoever it is who wants to make that assistant head coach money and you go, I don't have it when you do because it's in your paycheck, then you get what you deserve. But if you can give up the money for what you're supposed to be doing, which is guide a team to a championship, then you will have the best around you. Nobody talks about what a coach gets to assemble a staff. And I don't know any professional coaches that's working cheap these days. And if they are, 
those are losing teams. Well, you know, I, I, I would say this. I, I, I think that, that was on, too on, for on, you. Most, on most staffs, no, on most staffs, I, I think that coaches are taken care of. You know, I mean, we've been in the game long enough to know some coaches to know. And I, I, I very seldom have I heard it say, man, shit, I don't want to play. Oh, excuse me. Oh, this Internet radio. Yeah, it's internet radio. I, you know, I don't want to play for him because they don't pay. Now, in college, that may be a different thing. UCLA, perfect example. You know, that college may be a different thing, but but at the pro level, I think the coaches are pretty well compensated. And, and for those and those who aspire to be, you know, head coaches and GMs and things of that nature, it's a fraternity like everything else. And you, I'm sure they do their networking, which Fitch probably can attest to that or not. But you know, once you get in, if people know who aspire to be head coach, I don't think Dick LeBeau wants to be a head coach. But, you know, but, I, I could be wrong, but at this age and this time in his life, Ron I'm, not, I'm not sure if he if he wants to be. Ron Revere, one of the best big names over the past few years, ended up getting a big job in Carolina. Remember what they did to keep him? They upped the ante so big to keep him. You know who that affected? Head man. Because they didn't want to let him go. So whatever I got to do, if I got to take a little chunk out to, to keep you, because you just don't go from... Uh, a half a million to 1.3 million, and it doesn't affect something. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what it, what it affect. No, I'm asking you what it did. It affect them going to the Super Bowl? Cause I don't, yeah, it did. Yeah. It affected them because they had to keep that guy there, and if he'd have left, but they it could have affected they, the whole plan. But, but they're not. Got to pay to play to stay. Been in the Super Bowl for a while. Got to pay to play to stay. All right, let's go on to the next one. Okay, playoff man. Okay, we talked. I asked you a question about you know who was probably the team that was probably the most disappointing. And you said the same goes to Chargers. The, the greatest surprise this year, all right, before we go, this is a Christmas show. Go ahead. Tell them who your Christmas present, who, who bought you a Christmas present, early Christmas present to this point, because we ain't got into the playoffs yet. But who's been the greatest surprise? Cam. I love him. It's the next evolution of quarterback play. Tebow and Cam, 6'3", 6'4", 250. I ain't talking Cam. I'm talking team. I know. Cam, I love them. I love Carolina. Didn't like them last year. But but listen, love them now. But are they winning? They ain't winning enough. They they won one game last year. They got five under their belt. Cam, just let me ask you as a surprise. I mean, not again, nothing to do with the Steelers whatsoever. But a team that came out of nowhere in terms of what the preseason you know predictions might have been, how they might have finished. And we got about thirty seconds. I mean, I think Detroit has been a surprise. San Fran has been a surprise. Um you know, those are those are two teams who's winning, and they're they're probably going to get in the playoffs. And just like Ike said last year, they wasn't good. I mean, and I don't know if they wasn't good, but they wasn't winning. What about um, okay? Now nobody said anything about Denver. Come on, and, and, on, and then, Denver, right up, then Denver's a surprise. There's no question. They're yeah. they're surprised. And and you know, and Tebow is doing a a, a good job for the team. The damn thing. But I, I'll also say this: Denver's defense been playing really good. That's what I job. wanted to hear. That's what I, you know. You I mean, so is the identity of the Denver team is it their quarterback or is it their defense? Like I'm gonna let you get the last word in. The identity is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. <laughs> okay, listen, I just want to have some fun, man. I appreciate both of you guys stopping in, man. The time is up. We're going to have to go. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.